When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today's Monday, June 7th, a day after the first inaugural CONCACAF Nation League final played yesterday. You had Mexico versus United States. Uh, men's national team it was an instant classic it was a thriller had all the emotions everything you expected uh you know between a u.s versus mexico uh game it was exciting so we're gonna get into that but i want first i want to introduce my guest we got juan pablo marcus juan pablo how you doing brother i'm good man how are you yeah good man happy to have you on the show home Pablo just joined the team so he's writing articles for us at la soccer hub so he wrote a great article we'll get into uh here in a bit uh total galaxy how you doing man i'm doing pretty good Joe. Yeah, man. Like I was telling you earlier, people people have been seeing your Instagram account, man. You've you've been doing such a great job. Um, yeah, they 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 love they love the work that you're doing, man. So so definitely keep it up because I, I was asked about in the in the media room uh, of the type of content you're putting out. All right. I mean, that's great to hear. I mean, at least they approve of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, whenever whenever you're putting out great content, it's always going to be acknowledged and recognized. Um, but how, how was you guys this weekend? Obviously, outside of the game, how, how'd you get, how'd you spend your weekend, Hope Pablo? Did you watch? Did you watch the Floyd Mayweather fight as well? The Logan mm-hmm. Logan Floyd Mayweather fight? No, uh, I went. I went to go watch the game with my mom, so I couldn't. I couldn't multitask, and the game was too good, so I couldn't. I didn't want to watch. Stop watching it, but um, I didn't really. I didn't really want to watch the fight, anyways. But yeah, I heard it was. I heard it was entertaining as well. What What about you, Total Galaxy? Did you Did you watch the Floyd Mayweather fight? Uh, to be honest, I was contemplating it for a little bit, but I kind of thought, you know, you're talking about like a great boxer, but he's pretty old. And then Logan Paul, who's very inexperienced. Uh, so I, I, I saw a bunch of the stuff going on, on Twitter, how it was basically like a hug match for the whole uh, eight rounds. I think that they went, but I, at least people were entertained and they're both entertainers. They got lots of money. Mayweather for sure is capitalizing on all the bank he's making through all his fights during his career. So good for him. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, the funny thing, I, I was at a watch party watch, watching the game and a guy literally had it pulled up on his phone while watching the <laughs> U.S.-Mexico game. But he was like he was like streaming it uh, from from someone like that was showing it on the TV. It was like a Facebook live thing. But I, oh, I, just, yeah. I, I just found it uh, funny that he wanted to watch both. And, and it was very it was very interesting to me. But um, obviously, nothing was as entertaining as this game. Like I said, I went to like I don't know if you guys ever been to in, in downtown. It's called like Chuperia. So I went there with the PBA, with Pancho's U.S. Army. They invited me. I went to go watch the game. It was exciting, man. They had a lot of fun. First time there, but it definitely got rowdy. Have you guys ever heard of that restaurant? Uh, it's in downtown, right? Or like, yeah. yeah. Yep, no, right next I, to USC. I haven't gotten the chance to, but I'm of age, so I think I, I'll go soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recommend that. I think they're going to have, they're going to host a lot more uh, like watch parties there, viewing parties there next time. And like pretty much had like the whole back room. And I mean, every TV was on and stuff. There was there was only one U.S. men's national team fan there 
pretty much all Mexico fans. So, I mean, he he walked out happy. The rest of us that were watching, we couldn't believe it. But but nonetheless, it was it was an exciting game. Going into this game, I I think we're all just like still like okay, what is, what is Nations League? What is Concacaf? Some people are like why even have this tournament? But I think it was great for both teams. Right? It was great for the U.S. Men's National Team. This is the first time you know you got all the big stars of Pulisic, right? McKenney's, Mr. Genio's desk. You know everybody together to actually play with each other. A Mexico side is a little different story, right? You didn't have Raúl Jiménez. There was questions about Chicharito. You know should he should he been on the team? You didn't have the the, the full healthy team, but you wanted to see how they did and obviously and how t- Coach Tata Martino would uh, would do uh, in this game in this final. But uh, what, Total Galaxy, what were your thoughts going into this game? Um, I've said on the record multiple times that I'm not really a huge fan of the Nations League just because, you know, I feel like it's just a quick uh, cash grab. And essentially, they're just copying the European model. I guess for some people, it can weigh a lot more uh, for them. Personally, I weigh this tournament very little because I still prioritize the Gold Cup as the main. You should be winning, putting everything on the line for this trophy instead of the Nations League. But hey, for the first ever final for the Nations League, this game was great. The final was great. I guess you would say the the trophy, I guess, has a bit more weight to it now, especially after that uh, almost instant classic of a U.S. versus Mexico match. So CONCACAF got what they wanted, and good for them. Yeah, Juan Pablo, what were your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Nations League is just a made-up tournament um, to get money, like like Total Galaxy said. Um, I mean, it just, I guess it helps the, the Central America and the Caribbean's team um, go up and get FIFA points, so their ranking goes up. But aside from that, it's just a money grab, but... This was one of the most exciting U.S. Mexico games up until the the Rose Bowl one for the to to pass to the Confederations Cup. So I didn't see, feel as excited as any other game until then. So it was a real classic. Now, yeah, and I, I kind of felt the same way that I was like, okay, you know, it's like obviously we we expected both Mexico and and then U.S. to be in the final, right? But we didn't expect to see a game like like this, right? To like you guys mentioned, an instant classic, right? It's gonna go down in history, right? And I'm with you. I think the last game that was this thrilling, this exciting, was when uh, Gio dos Santos at the Rose Bowl Stadium when he scores that, you know, that chip over uh, what is it, Tim Howard, and he's like smacking, you know, smacking the ground. And I think, I mean, that's gonna live on forever, right? But also this game did that, right? With all the different things, you know, Zach Steffen going out for the U.S. Men's National Team, you know, Mexico going up, and you know, everything that you had. Going into the story, right? Like there was questions about Greg Berhalter. You know, a lot of fans still feel uneasy about him, and and you know some of the substitutions and all that. But nevertheless, it it definitely lived up to the hype. Conquer, like you said, Conquer Calf. You know, got what they wanted, Uh, and this is a great way. If if you want to continue this tournament, no better way than just have. And an explosive game like you did, right? And people are going to remember this game. People are like, oh, I remember when I went to the, the game in Denver or, or whatever. You know, I, this is going to go down in history. Now we just need to add more teams, right? So it's like this essentially going to com- is competing with the Gold Cup, right? Which is also CONCACAF's <laughs> thing. So it's like how are you going to separate the two, right? That, that That's that's going to be the interesting thing moving forward with these two t- with, with, with these two tournaments going on. And, you know, we're talking about the Gold Cup that starts in about three weeks, three or four weeks here soon. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, quickly in the chat, G-Man says, hey, Gio and Alex. He also says, kind of wish more teams were involved in the tournament. Completely agree. I think more teams are more, – more nations and more teams are going get, to get involved. I will say what? this, though, that, like, um, just Costa Rica and Honduras really put in a good fight. Like, uh, yep. USA-Honduras, Honduras was going at it. They were going head-to-head with them, playing well. I think, if I'm correct, their goalkeeper won uh, the Golden Glove for the tournament. Costa Rica, as well, kept pushing up. 
uh, Mexico going up to penalties, really. I mean, it's it's a big possibility that we couldn't even have this match, to be honest. It could have been Honduras and Costa Rica if things went a couple different ways. So it's good to see not only that the other teams in CONCACAF are playing to a level that's the same as the two big nations, and just in general, too, like, like we've talked about earlier, you know, the Nations League, I guess, was a success. Really competitive games, you know. Um, sure, there was uh, low scoring for the semifinals, but hey, you got get the teams in CONCACAF playing at a high level, and essentially that's good for everybody in CONCACAF. Yeah, and I think also just like the ratings, right? Of everybody's going to tune in more, right? And I think everybody's been waiting to to watch to watch right both both all four of these teams, right? And how how strong they are. Uh, but what, uh, Juan Pablo, what are your thoughts on uh, Honduras and Costa Rica? Uh, it was a good game. I didn't see all of it. I saw the the second half, and it was definitely entertaining. Um, it definitely they both wanted to win. It wasn't just like a usually in third place games, the tournament's over and teams just kind of don't care, put their subs in. But no, both teams wanted to win and, and wanted to give another spectacle. So people got people got the spectacle they wanted, and they should leave happy with the Nations League. Concacaf definitely got more than what they what they expected for watching watching how the tournament played out. Going Mexico into penalties against Costa Rica, and then the amazing late winner against Honduras by the U.S. I mean, Honduras could have beat them if they put their chances away, but, you know, just it's just soccer and sometimes things like that happen. So, yeah, CONCACAF should leave happy with this and definitely happy to see how the Gold Cup turns out because... Should yeah, I mean, I mean, if this is just a taste of the Gold Cup, right, you're going to have more teams and the more of the competition. I think... I think that that's going to make it more interesting, right? But I also think, right, as as, as a competition, as a, as the games get more exciting, you want you want the competition uh, to grow as well. Josue in the chat has has an interesting point that I, that I've been thinking about as well. He's like, I'm a believer that the direct benefit uh, of the team's level, Mexico needs to return to Copa America instead. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I, I I get what you're saying, uh, and I'm with you because of the of the competition. There's more competition there, right? I wonder if this nation league could be that thing for Copa America and that, that, that could potentially be a way you get some of the South American teams, you know, I mean, some of the South American countries to play in nation leagues and it just, it's going to va- give it more of the value. Right. I think we're starting to see a little bit of, of that, but instead of Mexico going to Copa, uh, Copa America, or the U S men's national team, how about bringing those teams, you know, how about bringing a Brazil, how about bringing an Argentina, a Colombia, right. Or Uruguay coming and play nations league. Right. You play. You play in the United States. There's money. There's money for everybody, right? There's yeah, a, there's, a bu- there's there's a big fan base. I think that's one way that Concacaf can benefit from this, right? Now, are the people from South America and right and and those federations, everything? We know. We know it's going to be more more of a tougher tougher issue going that way, you know, financially and stuff. Because I think they were talking about having the Copa America again here in the United States, but they didn't want to have it. I think I don't know where they're having it. Is it is Argentina they're, they're now? Brazil now. In Brazil. Brazil. Yeah. yeah. Even uh, most of the Brazilian pa- uh, players are reading an article on Gold.com about uh, Casimiro, the Ar- uh, Real Madrid player, saying how the whole team really doesn't even want to host the the Copa America, and just this whole thing that's going on. You know, Colombia is going through political troubles, right? Argentina is having a surge in COVID again. So having to move the tournament 12 days before is just crazy. So I hope everything goes well with Copa America because that's one of my favorite tournaments. It's not my favorite tournament that I love watching, you know, especially with the Brazilians, the Argentinas, right? Colombia, mm-hmm. Uruguay's, you know, all those teams are good. Unfortunately, I doubt any CONCACAF team will probably be able to play in a Copa America, Copa America again just because Comable wants all semifinals to be just pure Comable teams. I don't think they want a CONCACAF team winning it. You know, that would not look good. Your tournament that you host and a team from a different federation wins it. I don't think that would be a good look for uh, Comable. 
Yeah, but if there's money involved, there's money involved. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think I think I think Nations League could be that tournament. I I I really do see it. G Man brings up a great point. He says you mentioned this is a money grab. If it is, I wouldn't mind if Concacaf spreads that money out to other federations. Like Alex said, if Concacaf is strong, it only helps everybody else. Completely agree. And I think this is this is one way you can attract this tournament. I hope it's one way you can attract those South American teams. I, I just hope. I just hope it is. You know, it is that way because I, I want to see Mexico versus brazil i want to see the united states versus argentina i want to see Messi. i want to see more of Messi and more of the brazilians on, on u.s soil and and see see more more of those uh enticing games right because mexico versus US, uh, that's a, that's always going to be great right but then like you know mexico versus you know El salvador or something like that you know it's, it's not as entertaining but if you have a little bit more competition uh i think that's that's the way to go all right let's start let's start off the game Tecatito, the first 30 minutes, I mean, the first 90 seconds, man, he, he, he gets a goal, and I have the highlight, so I'm going to play the, the highlight here. That's the near side for Tecatito Corona, getting his first touches in this competition in this final four. McKenzie, that's given away, it's Corona looking for the angle! It's a dream start for Mexico! A mistake in the back, and the U.S. punished at the start. Seventy odd seconds in, the surprise inclusion in the lineup. Corona instantly on the board. Andre, it's a poor giveaway there by Mark McKenzie, trying to play out of the back. Good pressure from the Mexican side. You see them with the high pressure. Corona is alert. He's alive, and he barely. When I saw that, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I just couldn't believe how quickly he scored and how he capitalized on that. Juan Pablo, when, when you see that goal go in, right, and it, it, he's let down to the right side, it's, it's a dream start. I was like, oh, man, this may this game may be out of hand right away. But what were your thoughts? I, I thought that, too. I thought the floodgates would have been open, and it just would have been Mexico controls this game. And I didn't really see the U.S. Get, um, cutting back into it and fighting back into it. That's just a terrible pass by McKenzie. Uh, you just don't play that ball. You went in doubt, kick it out. Um, but Mexico's high press. Um, Mexico played well t- this game. Like Mexico outplayed the U.S., outshot the U.S., outpossessed the U.S., and Mexico ultimately deserved to win. Um, and I guess they showed that in the first minute. But the U.S. fought back and and didn't didn't you know just throw the throw the towel in. So it was a dream start for Mexico. Sadly, they they couldn't defend set pieces, and ultimately that was that was the ultimate decider because the U.S. didn't outplay mexico or didn't have an open open goal open field goal um so yeah but it was a dream yeah. start for mexico yeah no a dream start i told galaxy when you saw tecatito score in the first 90 seconds what were your thoughts um i was just blown away just how quick it was really um i think uh tata martino got it right with his tactics unfortunately they weren't able to come away with this game with a win but um usa started with the back five of this game and then mm-hmm. after that goal switched into a back four right you had tim ream uh, playing more that left back spot where Serginho Des was re- originally playing, and then you had Serginho Des move up forward a lot more. So you did kind of did get it, see a response from the U.S. Uh, tactical wise, but just in general, the first uh, the rest of the first half was pretty sloppy football. If, if I'm going to be honest, you know, a lot of players still trying to get their timing right, and a lot of players just trying to get in rhythm in that game. Uh, ultimately, Mexico got off to that really good start and. Uh, it was just it was just amazing to be honest you know I was with my dad and he was like wow that quickly already you know like you guys alluded to earlier you know I also thought it was going to be like maybe three more four more goals maybe at the end of the day but it became a close match and I'm just it's just crazy to me that Mexico got off to this good start and still couldn't 
win the match. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing. I think that when I saw the lineups, you, you mentioned the, the the back line, right, for the U.S. Men's National Team. They went with the back five. You know, it was like Yellen, McKenzie, Brooks, uh, Tim Ream, and then Sergio Des. I, I was surprised. But then I also – I kind of sort of understood it, but not really because, you, I mean, you have Tecatito Corona, yeah, uh, Chucky Lozano, right, playing playing the false nine, and then Aurela Tuna. That, they're, they're all three wingers, right? They, they, there's so much speed up top. Um, but I feel like obviously Sergio Desk could hold his own. Uh, Yedlin could hold his own. I think it was more on the center backs how 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 they would perform, right? That, that's mm-hmm. what essentially what would come down to. But um, Juan Pablo, what were your thoughts on the? You said the tactics. Right? We talked about yeah. the tactics. He went with three wingers, three explosive wingers for the Mexican national. I, I'm with you. I think I think Tata Martino got it right, but yeah. unfortunately it didn't it didn't work out for for Mexico towards the end. He, he got it right, but at the same time, he didn't because there was a lot of runs that they did on the wing where Chucky or Antuna and, and Tecatito would go out, but they w- they wouldn't center it to anybody because there was no number nine. So if, if Chicharito, and this is just the game, I think Mexico used the Nations League more as like, what do we need for the Gold Cup? Whereas the U- it was more important for the U.S. as like, a, we need this win to, to make sure that the, this young group gets, gets confidence and, and pushes themselves. But yeah, like, this game obviously showed how Mexico, how Tata Martino needs to bring Chicharito back if Jimenez is not fit. Because any of those centers that, that went in the first half, um, Chicharito obviously is going to get put in one. Um, so the long balls that Mexico played did work. And, you know, Tim Ream looked terrible Looked terrible this game. I agree. They looked terrible this game. John Brooks was the only center back that, that played well, I think, from the U.S., um, and Mexico's, you know, three wingers up top did damage, but they just didn't have a number nine to put them in um, to finish it. So, yeah, that's what I think that out, 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 like, played for Halter. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think they did great the first 45 minutes, but I think going into the second 45 minutes, I think I would have liked to see Polito. I know he brought in Henry Martin, Henry Martin, but yeah. he didn't do, he didn't, he wasn't that effective. No, I think Polito, Polito would have, Polito would have yeah. been done something different. Uh, and the chat big 10 says it wasn't a flat, a flat back five. No, I understand. Yeah. It completely wasn't a flat back five, you know, it goes into three, three, three men in the back. But I think I was just surprised uh, by, by that. By, by the way, Greg Halter looked more of a defensive formation opposed to an offensive formation because you have all these players playing at Chelsea, you know, Juventus, you know, you name it every, everywhere else. So I was just a little surprised by that. Obviously, Justin, I think you went with the 4-3-3. But, um, but yeah, Total Galaxy, let, let, let's talk about that, right? We're just here on, on the tactics. What were your thoughts on, on Tata Martino's uh, tactics there the first half? Uh, yeah, just like we mentioned earlier, right? There was no true number nine right there. You had Chucky Lozano trying to, I guess, free roaming in that area too as well. Um, I really liked how Mexico was set up, you know, um, just have, because they, I think they were also playing with three in the back as well, you know, Edson Alvarez uh, and Araujo were doing really well. And then you had uh, Chaco Rodriguez and Jesus Gallardo going up and down the wings. And that was really good. Um, Juan Pablo made a good point. You know, this game proved that he does need Chicharito. There was so many mm-hmm. times where Mexico were playing inside of the box and we know Chicharito is nifty inside the box. His his footwork, his control inside of the box is great, and he's able to just make these perfectly timed runs and you know just make these these, these goals happen for for his team, no matter for who he's playing with. And I, I do agree with the take that that Juan Pablo said. You know, this is kind of a preparation more for Mexico because the real pressure on this game was for Greg Berhalter in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Mexico could have gone whatever. You know, nobody was going to say sack Martino. Nobody's going to say we need to totally rebuild this team. All the pressure was on the USA, and I think Martino. Sure, he did get a 
a red card and had to leave the match later. But I think he came out a lot more with a lot more information than Greg Berhalter did at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, just to go off on that, like um, usually like the play style or how your team wins a final doesn't matter. Um, but I think it does in this case because the Gold Cup is one one month away. And Greg Berhalter does not have a set tactic for this. They, they don't have a defined playing style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honduras could have beat them. Um, they win. They beat Mexico off three set pieces. So it's not like the U.S. can generate play. And it's not like the U.S. doesn't have players. You have Christian Pulisic. You have McKenzie. Um, you have all these young players. You have Reyna, who I think is better than Pulisic, um, to, to create the, the, these attacks. And Berhalter just doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, you don't take Sergio Dest out and play Reem on the left back. <laughs> no. You I, don't do that. No, just, that, was, that, was, that was a bad substitution. And, and it leads to the Mexico second goal. And it's just... But is Berhalter going to react in one month and change that? That's the question. So Berhalter gets some breathing room after this final. But yeah, like Mexican, I, I saw the Mexican press. Nobody was like, no Mexican um, coach was like, or no Mexican pundit was like, Zach Martino, it was just, we need Chicharro and we just need to defend better and that's it. And will be fine. Yeah, but. that's the real problem with uh, the Mexican national team right now. You know, you're missing uh, Raul Jimenez and you're missing Chicharito, you know, and then they just really need that nine really badly, you know, like uh, Juan Pablo's LAFC, right? They need a number nine really badly yeah, to capitalize like... on the chances. That's what Mexico <laughs> needs, you know? You can relate to the struggles yeah, I... of not having a real number nine right there. So, um, well, with the Gold Martin, Cup coming... It's just not yeah. good. Sorry, Henry sorry. Martin's not going to cut it. Alan Pulido's not going to cut it. You're well, he didn't need... even get a chance either. That, that's the thing, like, he didn't get he a did chance. He did play uh, against Costa Rica for a bit. Oh, but I think this... Out. I would have I liked to see uh, Pulido uh, this game. The thing that's crazy about this, right, he brings in Pizarro, who, who's not even playing with Inter-Miami, right? He brings in a, a, a Pulido, uh, he brings in Pulido, right? And he doesn't bring in Chicharito. But uh, I want to get into this. Uh, Josue says Jimenez and Chicharito have different characteristics, but having either one of them would allow Tecatito and Chucky to play with more freedom. I, I completely agree. I, I completely agree. I think Chicharito, now we have to look at this. Like if Tata Martito doesn't call him up for the Gold Cup, then you know you, you I think we're gonna have to question Tata Martino, or we really you you really have to question Tata Martino because. Yo, Chicharito, whether right, he's polarizing figure to some people, right? But the job he's doing, you you cannot deny the the, the job he's done so far with the Yellow Galaxy and the performance he's had, right? And everybody's I, in the back of my mind, I was like, Yo, Chicharito plays this game. It's a different game, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, and I, to me, it's like, as I, right, if you're a Mexico fan or whatever you're watching, you're like, okay, we know what we need, right? There, there's no question about it. You know, you need Chicharito on this team for the U.S. men's side. No, after this game, you look at this and you're like, all right, we just got by. And I, but like Gregor Hill told about him more time, but some of those some of those adjustments uh, were were some of those it, 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 it like blew my mind. But like at the same time, the players are loving the coach. So and and then Greg Berhalter's um, brother got on the job, right? So it's like, is he is he going to be willing to sack his brother? Unless there's enough pressure, but. Uh, they, they bought him enough time, but I think when it comes to Gold Cup and you have other teams and how they perform, right? The biggest question for the U.S. Men's National Team is if they're going to make the World Cup. That's the biggest thing, right? Yeah, and and that, that's, that's really what's most important, really. Yeah, especially yeah after that's, the that's last exactly cycle. Right? But uh, I want to get into uh, a few things, a few comments here. Andy said, these guys were arguing LAFC versus LA Galaxy a month ago. Look at them now. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> G-Man saying, uh, Gio Garcia, the peacemaker. Hey, we're talking uh, today. We're just, hey, we're talking some football today. But uh, yeah. I, I got a timeline here. So let, let's go into uh, Gio Reyna's uh, goal here, which, which was amazing. <laughs> After you guys, we talked about his set pieces. Chelsea to the Champions League final, the first American to play and win. Now swinger toward the penalty spot off the woodwork. Reyna! And the U.S. double! 
level. It's a grown man goal from the U.S. Wonder Kid. Close range. And we're all tied up. And mom and dad love it. Oh, yes, they do love it. And the fans love it as well. We just talked about the importance of set pieces, of moments. Wesley McKinney rises high here with the outswinging ball. He beats his man, the commitment. He beats Ochoa. Doesn't beat the post, but who's there? Poaching inside the six. Gio Reyna, he's alert. He's awake. What a moment for him. 18 years old, gets the U.S. level. His first game against Mexico. What a goal. What a moment for Gio Reyna in this final. What a goal, what a woman. But shout out to Weskin McKinney and the job he did, man. He, 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 he's the one, the reason why they got those opportunities. Uh, Juan Pablo, talk, talk, talk to me about this goal. Uh, well, yeah, just bad set-piece defending. Um, like LAFC's bad set-piece defending. Uh, Mexico just doesn't doesn't practice it either, I guess. Um, it's, been, it's been their Achilles heel throughout history in World Cups and other major tournaments. They just can't, they just can't um, set-piece defend. And then... Weston McKinney beats them twice, two headers and two goals. And in this case, Antuna kind of just sleeps, sleeps off the rebound, and and then Gio's there to to put it in. I mean, it's not Antuna's fault, but you know, um, yeah, it's just the rebound just gets to Gio, and Gio knows knows what to do with it, and it just results in the tie. And then the U.S. men's national team gets a breath of fresh air, and they're like, okay, we're in this, and and we can we can take this game now. Um, so. Yeah, and then the crazy thing about that, I think two minutes before, uh, Hector, I think Hector Moreno scored a yeah. goal which was called off offside. I think yeah. if that would have went in 2-0, right? You're talking about 2-1. Oh, that changes the dynamic that, of the game. For yeah, sure. they changed it because after that that goal went in, like I was like, I don't think the U.S. is going to come back from that. They look really <laughs> deflated, right? Yeah. But the Total Galaxy, obviously that goal gets disallowed, Hector Moreno. Gio Reyna, two minutes later, Gio Reyna scores this goal. What were your thoughts? Like, it's game on, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And just uh, I would like to see them kind of stray away from that zone corner marking. There wasn't really any like, you know, in the box, you're with your man sticking on him. Right. And ultimately, you know, that's the reason why Mexico lost. Maybe next time Tata Martino knows, hey, we're going to play man to man when it comes to defending set pieces instead of doing zone. Because uh, like Juan Pablo mentioned, Antuna was just there. He wasn't marking anybody. He was kind of just there in case the ball got in there. You know, it got kind of scrappy in between there just to clear it out. But yeah, um, definitely something that I'm gonna look forward to see if these do do if these two do face off in the Gold Cup final, if we'll see more man marking on set pieces because the zone definitely did not work in this yeah, match. Talk about the set zone piece defending. Hope Pablo knows all about that with uh, LAFC, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you're kind of watch, you're kind of watching the same story twice, right? But two different yeah. teams. It just it just doesn't make sense. I mean, I've played soccer. I think we've all played a game. Yeah. Where you just stick to your man. Like that's just AYSO fundamentals. You know, stick with your man. Don't let him. Don't let him out header or out jump you and header the ball. And I don't know. Just zone marking just doesn't work in set piece defending, and it just needs to stop at least for Mexico. Um, so yeah, I mean, in the World Cup, that that that's what decides it. In international tournaments, that's what decides it. And you just need to practice it and polish that and then you should be fine by by the time gold cup comes so yeah like alex said um it's something to look forward to if, if that implements it or if he just brushes it over and he's like eh, it happens yeah i mean yeah i think i think if you're mexico you, you got to scrap it or you or you got to do do a better job because i mean two 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 opportunities for the men's national team you know and, and that led to goals uh obviously no there's nothing pretty much ochoa could do there but i mean that that's just the way it goes right but i think uh, weston mckinney He's been working on his hops. I'm not. I've never seen. I, I, I know he's very athletic, right? But I've never seen him. Uh, you know, win two two corner kicks like this. I, I have not seen uh, 
uh, much of Juventus games this year, but I mean, I think he really stood out to me for the job he did for them and those set pieces, right? And then uh, Christian Pulisic as well with with this with this assist on the on the second goal. But I think though though they they ran the right plays, they took advantage of those opportunities. And you talk about a goal that they needed, they needed to have because it, right, if not, this game was going to slip away from them. And 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 it, and it was amazing to watch how every time Mexico scored, the U.S. was right there and, and it brought the momentum. So I, I want to talk about now. All right, Diego Lalnes comes into the oh, game. Oh, wait, before right? we start, wait, yeah, I just ahead. want to say probably like the biggest moment, what if, was that uh, Chucky Lozano sacked Stefan one-on-one at around the 42nd minute, you know? Um, mm. I forgot who it was. Uh, I think it was uh, yeah, Moreno, Moreno who lifted the ball over, lofted the ball over. The defense was sleeping one-on-one, and Stefan saved that, you know? If, if Chucky scores there, you know, who knows what else could have happened? That was probably like, aside from all the goals and everything else here, that was probably the biggest moment of the match and really could have changed everything in the second half. Yeah, I don't have that highlight, but I know exactly what you mean. I think when I was watching it, I was like, why didn't he just chip Zach Stefan? And I think he tried to blast it past him. Yeah. I think, I think, go ahead. I think he thought it was offsides. Um, so he was like, it's just, it's one of those plays where you kind of just try something unorthodox. Um, but yeah, you, you, you put those away regardless if they're offside or not. The new VAR rules kind of. Uh, the VAR offside rules kind of alters a player's mind when they're thinking what to do. But yeah, you you put that away if you're Chucky Lozano, and then it's a different story. But maybe he just thought he was offsides and just try something new. But yeah, and I, and I think that's that's all right there. He had the opportunities, but unfortunately, he he wasn't able uh, to overcome those. So right right before that, right before Diego Lainez, our goal, Ethan Ethan Horvath. I believe that's how you say his last name comes in for Zach Steffen because of his knee. Um, you know, he had knee issues. And I was very surprised when Zach Steffen went, went out the game because I was like, I didn't realize how I maybe he got injured in practice or, or whatever. But you typically don't see a backup keeper come in, right, on a final, right, especially U.S. versus Mexico. And I was like, oh, man, I, I was just like, all right, Mexico have to test them. They have to test Ethan. That They have to get their shots up. But, I mean, he did a great job. Uh, you know, for, for everything he did. And then uh, also, um, you know, Diego Lanez comes in uh, for Antuna and, get, and gives uh, gives Mexico, uh, you know, the, the, the what is it, the second goal? The third goal? I'm going to... Second. Second goal. He's forced to choose between one and the other. There's Tuki Lozano on his right, looking for the opening. Lozano rolled across for Lainez. On his left is Lainez! What an introduction to the match! Fresh off the bench, and Diego Lainez has fired Mexico back into the lead. Just days shy of 21 years old, he becomes the youngest Mexican to score against the U.S. since 2009. And it's a massive goal for El Tri. Well, Corona rewarded his manager by putting him in the starting lineup. Lainez does the same. Makes his, his presence known quickly off the bench. He baits him, Reem in, comes inside, and it's the quick release that catches everyone off guard. There's three U.S. players near him, around him, and his Horvath can't see it. It's through the legs of Mark McKenzie. And what an introduction to this game. It's the quick feed of Lainez and the quick release there. Yeah, so it was an incredible goal. Obviously, as for me, I was like, all right, you know, Lainez scores this goal, gives Mexico the lead. And I was like, all right, you know, the momentum has completely changed back to Mexico. Uh, Juan Paul, what were your thoughts on Diego Lainez? 
Uh, yeah, Diego Lainez is just a fat. I think he's better off off the bench. Um, I would have wanted him to come in a bit, I think, like 10, 15 minutes sooner, or maybe just a halftime he could have came in because um, he's been he's been getting minutes at Betis, and he's been impactful there when he starts and when he comes off the bench too. Um, but he came in and he did what he needed to do. He he, he had Tamrin in his pocket all game um, ever since he came in, and it just shows why Berhalter just should have kept Destin because he gets Tamrin flat-footed, and then McKenzie just doesn't close him out, and he just nicks it in, in between his legs and it's just down to the post so harvest is not going to get it he's just not warm enough to to make those dives but linus linus introduction to the game was good he he did what he had to do he was very dynamic he was very explosive and antuna was all was very um was very vertical he never really cut in and then the one time linus cuts in he finds his opening and and scores yeah total galaxy what, what was your what was your thoughts on linus goal right there yeah, uh, I want to talk about uh, Antuna because that's it was basically a direct swap with Antuna and Linus. Uh, Antuna kept getting straight into the attack, right? But like Juan Pablo said, he wouldn't cut in really. And also, too, just his ball control just wasn't there. Lost a couple of balls inside of the box. Diego Linus excels when it comes to dribbling. He's a great dribbler on the ball. And just his ability to cut inside like Aaron Robin, just shoot it in. You know, it was great. He was great coming off the bench. Great, uh, Great energy as well. And yeah, it will be a topic uh, of discussion for sure when it comes to the Gold Cup. Will we see Diego Linus in the lineup? Are we going to maybe see him off the bench again like we did in this final? Because uh, this roster is is really good for, for Mexico, right? You have Chucky, you got Tecatito, and then you got to leave either Antuna or uh, Linus on the bench, you know? So that's something definitely that a Mexican fans should be watching out for. The other thing is he might go to the Olympics um, and he's going to, he's going to, gonna do some damage against 24 year olds you know younger kids his age if if he does that against experienced players right now against like Reem and brooks and mckenzie then um he's gonna do some damage in the olympics but it depends on tata martino if he prioritizes the olympics or he's like we lost now so we kind of have to bring the a squad fully fully loaded for the gold cup yeah, I think that's going to be the question, right? Because I think Ochoa may want to go to the to the Olympics too. You know, a couple of different players, right? I think wait, who, which players are going to go which? But I mean, uh, Linus going to go in a final like this, you know, shows shows his, his maturity. Shows, and you talk about you know his dribbling skills. Obviously, he's left footed. He's playing on the right. It's perfect for him, and it gives the defense a different look, right? So Junior Des comes out, you know, and the goal happens, right? And I think I think that's when I was like, okay, you know, the, the game's going to be wide open for Linus. But I think, you know, I think that then the U.S. men's national team uh, did a great job defenses, defensively after that play because we didn't see none, none of them break down like they, like they did. And I think they definitely had a couple conversations. Then we have uh, Weston McKinney comes in. And... This one back, Paul's McKinney! It's an instant response! Weston McKinney puts the U.S. back on level terms and it's all to play for down the stretch. Character, guts. McKinney celebrating with his little one there. Mexico hasn't had an answer for the U.S. on set pieces, and it's a whipped-in ball to the back post. And Mexico playing that zone, giving Weston McKinney a free run at things. No one gets close to him. No one makes contact. Nobody on him. He rises high, picks at his corner. Nothing Memo Ochoa can do with this one, but slap it into the side netting. And the U.S., what a response to going down. What a response to conceding. And listen to this crowd. Back from the dead in a matter of seconds. A double substitution checking in as Tyler Adams makes his return. Hasn't played in six weeks. Missed the end of the Bundesliga season due to a back. 
Yeah, I mean, Weston McKinney scoring that goal, I was like, damn. You know, I was just like, what, I was like, I was like, what's going on with with these corner with these set pieces, right? But I think when you look at that and you look at all the work Weston McKinney had been putting in that game, if it wasn't for Ethan, I think you, I think Weston McKinney could have been, you know, player of the game for for the U.S. Men's National Team, oh, right? For, sure. for, for for what he did there. Uh, and I and I like that it, we've seen his growth, right? Obviously, Pulisic didn't really show up as much uh, during this game. Towards I think it was the end of the penalty when he was able to show up. But Juan Pablo, talk to me about Mo McKinney and the impact he had in this game. Um, but well, yeah, like you said, um, he in the Juve Pirlo gives him a a very open role where he he can go, he can roam around in the middle, and he's not really um, restricted to the six role or the eight role. He kind of just roams around, and he kind of does that in the U.S. And he's kind of everywhere. He's just a workhorse and. And he's not afraid, and he just has hops. Like maybe he just learned from Ronaldo, asked him for some mm-hmm. or something. Cause, <laughs> cause it's it's not just like a, a easy header, you know. He's half of his body is it beats Gallardo. So I mean, Gallardo obviously didn't jump either because he just kind of watched them jump. But you know, McKinley has hops. But I mean, the thing about the, the goal is not really what the U.S. did or what McKinley did. Is how Charlie or Chaka Rodriguez just gives away the goal, and um, the Mexico was 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 like. Every, all their players were, were spread out in their natural position. So when that happens, they're running um, they're running back. And Ochoa, before um, the camera switches back to, to Pulisic whipping it in, you see Ochoa still telling them where to, where to go mark and where to defend. So Mexico wasn't really set to defend anyways, and they do zone, so it's not helpful. Um, also, Ochoa has to put somebody at the post um, with those. Both of those went to the post. So if, if he has a player there, those both goals don't happen. Um, but um, just the last thing, the U.S. both both of their goals come right after um, pivotal parts of the game, like Moreno's no goal. Um, they re- they respond, and then Linus scores. And what, like two three minutes later, they they react. So it's they never gave Mexico never had time to really set like set the foundation for their for their win. And then you know mistakes cost them. Like Chacas and the U.S. knew how to capitalize. Yeah, Total Galaxy talk talk to us about uh, Weston Miss Kenny's goal. Uh yeah, just overall Weston McKenney was great uh last night. Uh covering everything, you know, getting involved in the play really and towards the end of the game, really when the game started opening up a lot more, Weston McKenney's impact was definitely felt a lot more over there. Um obviously with Juventus, you know, his role with Pirlo has has been solid, right? He's kept his his role in the starting eleven now with Maxi Allegri returning to Juventus. We'll have to see if Weston McKenney will still get his Juventus playtime. But overall, just uh, learning from a lot of good and experienced players in Italy. Italy's a very defensive league, so it's obviously come in handy with him. And just uh, overall, too, um, the athleticism on full display right there, you know, jumping over Jesus Gallardo and just Mexico's meltdown. Chaka Rodriguez giving away that penalty when there was, I mean, that corner kick when there was nobody, I mean, nobody nearby, really. He just lost his footing, lost his balance. And ultimately, that that cost the game. To be honest, if we're being fair, I don't think the USA scores in open play in this match because they were just weren't connecting too well from there. Yeah, they, right. If you're the US Men's National Team, thank thank God uh, for corner kicks. And uh, 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 on Twitter, Slev Slev Slevin Kellov. I don't even know how to say his thing. We're just going to call him Slevin. He said, "Did Weston McKenney save Burhalter's job last night?" Maybe, maybe not. I don't. I think. I think he bought him more time. But his brother, being you know that one that hired him, I, I think they they would have been a, a lot of angry fans because I think as soon as Hector Moreno scored that goal, I saw all these Berhalter out like on Twitter. It went pretty oh, yeah. wild. But uh, I think 
to an extent, it bought it just essentially bought him more time, right? And I think obviously the Russell McKenney Polish, none of those guys want to lose, right? But I think you know it extends Burhalter's time with the with the US men's national team. But I, I don't know anybody, right? If you're a men's national team, you know, supporter that how comfortable you feel with, with him as your coach, right? And I'm not, but it's great that they got the one, right? It, it comes down to it comes down to results, right? At the end of the day, you got the result down. Um, there are things that are tactically, you know, questionable, and then it makes you wonder. But what, what are your your guys' thoughts? Um, uh, I'll just say this real quick. Um, yeah, Burhalter's tactics are really questionable at times. His substitutions, his lineups are really questionable, and that's what a lot of people like to talk about Burhalter when they're talking about, you know, maybe he's not the guy. But you also got to realize too, he's he's uh, he's a player's coach. You know, uh, Serginho Dest, he was uh, from the Netherlands. He could he basically you know, began a relationship with Serginho and, you know, convinced him to join the USMNT. Same thing with all the other dual national players on um, the USMNT, you know? Yeah, he can, he, he really doesn't have great tactics, but if they do fire him, I still want him to have a role uh, with the national team because he's really good when it comes to talking to these younger guys, you know, telling them, hey, you know, if you come with the US, we'll, we'll give you all these minutes, you know, you'll have a chance to be in our starting 11. You know, we are one of the biggest national teams in our region as well. So it's it's I'm really 50-50 when it comes to to Burhalter and just where where people stand with him and I feel like a lot of people would agree with me with what I just said. Yeah, no, I think you may, I think you make a great point. The job he's done recruiting, right? And they'll be able to and I'm with you. I think he definitely has a player coach and you can tell with with his teammates. I'm going to throw this over to you, Juan Pablo. Andy says, uh, Greg, Greg Burhalter's job was never in jeopardy. Fans got to stop thinking coaches will get will get fired just because they want I mean, um, I it's just if if the U.S. men's national team would have beat Honduras and outplayed Honduras, then you say, okay, um, we have a set game plan. You know, we can beat these teams, and then obviously against the U against Mexico, it's you know just a, a game of fight sometimes, and tactics don't don't um, over over prevail. And then, but it's not the case. You win in the last minute against Honduras. You don't in friendlies. You don't look good. You don't look good against Switzerland. You always try to change formations and then in the u.s men's national and, and the national team in general you have to have a set you know eight um nine players that you can't really rotate out um you can switch formations depending on who you're playing but burhalter just does it without really thinking about it but like you said he's a player's coach and i read a tweet somewhere that said um burhalter needs to like like you said just have a, a office job you know helping helping convince the players, the dual national players the, to come to the U.S. because he has that great relationship with the players. But tactic-wise, you know, you need someone like Tata Martino. You need someone like even Bruce Arena who, who knows the ins and outs of the U.S. men's national team and can really lead this team. Like Tata Martino went to Atlanta United as like a stepping stone for him to say, here, I'm here, U.S. national team, if you guys want me. Like if Tata Martino were the U.S. men's national team coach, this is a different story. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. I mean, you you bring up a great point. I wish I could give you click, 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 clicks for everything you're saying because I think you're right. Regardless of where Greg Ballhalter goes, he needs he needs to stay in uh in the U.S. men's national team because uh, the job he understands recruiting maybe tactics is is not maybe not his his strong point and and it's clear right. And it's clear some of the things because of what the talent that they have, right? They're, where these players are playing, you know, Barcelona, Dortmund, Chelsea, and, Juventus. It's not like these little clubs, yeah. right? That's why it's, I mean, for me, when I looked at this in, I'm like, yo, Mexico needs to get dominated by this team. But unfortunately, they didn't. 
and Mexico did look like the better team, but they did get the win. They, the U.S. Men's National Tim team did get the win. So I, I just want to see moving forward what changes it, right? Because um, you know what Yunus Musa he didn't get in, and you know, what he plays for Villarreal. And that guy, that guy is explosive. Valencia. Oh, Valencia, he is explosive. Uh, G Men says has a has a funny thing. He said fans want uh, Greg Berhalter out because they want Andy Diosa in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I mean I guess I guess I guess that could be uh, that that I, I guess that could be. Uh, you know, think of fans want. We'll we'll see. We'll see what, what what happens. But I think that another thing that was interesting, right? We go into we go into uh, Christian Pulisic, right? He he gets the penalty call. Was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? I I look. I I, I clear, right? You look at VAR and you're like, oh my god. I the, the, I tweeted this out yesterday. The, I tweeted that something something along the lines that it was an ugly game. What I meant by that, it was like the, the this the refereeing the, the the penalties, like you know. I, I think like Concacaf already knows how this game's gonna be. It's gonna be chippy. Fans are gonna throw stuff. You know, it's gonna get like this. But you need to have your your, your referee set in place, right? You know what's gonna be like that and what to expect. You can't get swayed because this happens all the time. I think that that's what the only thing I didn't like about this game. It was an instant classic, but I, I didn't like some of the refereeing and those penalties, right? Some of those penalty calls. Mexico got got a makeup call as well, right? It went both ways, but I don't think it needed to get to that point. And, you know, Tata Martino puts his arm around uh, the referee. Referee turns around and gives him a red card. And I was like, wow. I was, I was not expecting that. What were your thoughts, Juan Pablo? It was just terrible refereeing. It's just not a penalty. Um, and every angle, it's just not a penalty. Because Salcedo's foot touches the ball before Christian Pulisic even, like, starts falling down. And then there's a clear take where Christian Pulisic falls down and then looks at the ref and then begins to scream. So it's just not a foul. Like his his uh, and Salcedo obviously touches the ball with his right leg because he's covering the ball, and his left leg never touches Pulisic and never clips him and never never makes him trip. And he, like I said, he touches the ball before Christian Pulisic falls down. And like if that's a foul, then every every time a a, a center a center back covers the ball, it should be called a penalty. Then, and it, you just don't call it. The, they went to VAR, and then you know the Berhalter and Tata Martino are laughing at it because it's just a laughable call. They waste so much time on it because. He's literally trying to look at every angle to like make this call, and and it's just not a penalty. And and it obviously like uh, it it makes the game look bad, bad of like how it ended, and you know it makes the spectacle you know have a little asterisk next to it. Like oh, this penalty kind of messed it up for for the spectacle that it was. Before we get to the tall galaxy, I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play replay. Barrys in the upper 90 in a match in which the U.S. have shown so much character. It's their first ever Champions League winner who played in the final, who answers the call in the very next final. USA 3, Mexico 2 in extra time. They're absolutely getting pelted in that corner, but what a confident strike here from Christian Pulisic. He drew the penalty kick, and he had nothing. He had, there was no hesitation in his mind. He wanted this spot kick, and he executed it perfectly. Memo Ochoa guesses the right way, but it's just too much power on it, too much precision, and too much accuracy. John Brooks, he didn't even want to look at it. He watched it on the screen, but what a confident strike there by Christian Pulisic to put his team up here in the second half of extra time. 
So the image right there, I mean, that the Polish's goal, I mean, celebration just became an iconic photo, right, for, for the U.S. men's national team's fans to live on. Uh, you know, it's going to be up in, you know, kids' um, our walls and stuff. But uh, what, what were your thoughts once that once that penalty kick went in there, Total Galaxy? Uh, it was a really perfectly placed penalty, to be honest. Great shot power, great um, just accuracy on it where you wanted it to be. Um, yeah, just like you said, man, that, that picture of him just silencing the crowd, it's, it's cold, man. That is, that'll, that'll give you goosebumps, man, especially in an occasion like this against your biggest rivals. That's crazy. I, I'm gonna stay, uh, I'm gonna agree with uh, Juan Pablo. Both penalties in this game, I thought weren't penalties. Uh, Pulisic does go down a little weak, though. I will say this kind of is something he's good at. Uh, Joe Gomez, the Liverpool center back, said that he's probably one of the toughest players to really just defend in the box because he's so nifty. You know, when you watch Pulisic, you see how quick he cuts his turns. You see how he's able just to move the ball so quickly between his feet. And like, that's kind of like what you see with Neymar, right? You know, his ability to kind of just draw fouls. And yeah, both of them do complain a lot. I think Pulisic complained a little too much. Did you just compare Neymar to Pulisic to Neymar? Skills. They're dribbling skills. <laughs> They're dribbling skills. They're dribbling skills. I didn't say Neymar's production. Good thing, good thing. we got our Brazilian his... fans listening here. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I will say, yeah, like that's something I do see in Pulisic. Like he's got the the quick uh, agility with the ball like Neymar does. And um, just overall, I didn't think it was a penalty, but at least he scored it. Mexico, on the other hand, cut it. Yeah, Andy Diosa agrees with you guys. No era penal, but he says, pero que golazo. I mean, yeah, no, no, one, no one's saving that. I mean, I had a feeling that he was going to go right or Ochoa's left. Like he was gonna go to Ochoa's left side because we've seen all the saves, but I was like, even if Ochoa dove, I mean, you are he he went that way, right? There was no way he was gonna stop that. Like top bin, no no one stopping that. And I think that 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 was the the most I think most interesting because to, to be honest, Christian Pulisic did not show up all game until the 115th minute. This was, I mean, he had the assist off the corner kick, right? But he didn't really impact the game until until this penalty kick, right? And I think this that's- reminds me of the the one meme, the when you do nothing in the group project, but you still get an A. You know, that's kind of what happened with Christian Pulisic. You know, yeah, he's gonna have this great, he's gonna have this great moment with him. But like at the end of the day, if you really was steady and watched his match, you know, he he was kind of a ghost out there. Yeah, unfortunately, they made it tough. What what were your thoughts? Obviously, once that goal game went in, Juan Pablo, I, was it, I, I didn't feel like there was any life. I think that 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 decided the game. I mean, there's the saying, ball never lies. And I was like, this is not a clear, clear case of that because it's not a penalty. And, and I don't think the, the U.S. deserved to win. Um, and U.S. men's national Twitter is just very toxic. They were just saying, Pulisic is clear, Pulisic owns Mexico. And it's just like, he didn't do anything all game if it's not for this penalty. Um, there's also another picture where like you, it's, it's angled and then four defenders seem like they're behind Pulisic and it's just like, oh, what a man. But like, Pulisic didn't do oh, anything. Oh, I have seen that. I have yeah, seen yeah, that. Yeah, I, I saw they, that they, too. They did try to compare it to like Messi or something yeah, like that. Like, <laughs> yeah, and Iniesta <laughs> too. I remember seeing that as oh, well. Oh my He's God. in the middle of them and Pulisic so, is passed to them and at an angle and it's just like, it's just not not representative of what Pulisic did this game. Like they, they, I think they're jabbing at you. Said Mexico fans are more toxic than LAFC fans. <laughs> Logan, <laughs> Logan Jones uh, throwing some throwing some heat makers there. Andy in the chat says uh, Pulisic over Neymar, only player to ever win Champions League and Nations League. Hey, that is true. He Pulisic has, he does has... have more international trophies than Leo Messi, so we can take that into account. <laughs> okay. We can, we can, we can, 
we can't have that. People are going to, uh, this is where the part where people stop tuning into the show. And they're like, yeah, we're going to end this right here. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it was, it was a perfect, perfect penalty. Right. When I, when I saw that, I was like, man, I don't, I don't know how Mexico's going to, I think they're going to get one more shot. I was like, they got to get one more shot and we'll see what happens. Right. The shot, the opportunity did come. The opportunity did come. Right. I think. And I, what was it? I don't forget what the call was. It was a handball. That wasn't a handball. Yeah. And I was like, all right, whatever. I was like, the I, thing that kind of surprised me was uh, Andres Cordado taking the PK uh, because I I don't know if Chucky uh, Chucky could have taken the PK for for Mexico, but it was Andres Cordado and Andres Cordado was not in the when I don't think he was in the last game where he took a penalty. I think he was subbed off, right? And he was not in the last game. Well, well I mean, I've seen a couple of Mexico games, especially a couple of old Gold Cup where uh, Guardado is a penalty taker. Like I remember. Uh, specifically in a game against Panama, I think it was in 2015 Gold Cup. He took both both pens, you know, and I, I, I was surprised too with Guardado, mostly just because he barely came into the match, you know, still getting into form and still getting into your match sharpness, you know. Um, surprising, but at the same time, I'm not because Guardado has been one of Mexico's best penalty takers over the last decade. Yeah, and I, and I got the play here, but I mean, Ethan, I mean, he, he's the man of the match. For three years national team, everybody's calling him the GOAT, and here's a replay. What about though from this spot? And he's denied! Horvath with the save of his life! The hero off the bench for the U.S. And he collects into those safe hands! Yeah, I mean, you had your shot. Mexico had their shot. They couldn't capitalize it, right? They got an opportunity. That, that was it. I was like, okay, this is going to go to penalties. Obviously, it didn't. Cordado didn't convert it. Great, great penalty saved by Ethan, right? Talk, let's talk about him, right? He is now pretty much, I feel like, in contention for, for the number one job after the, the job he did, in my opinion. I don't know if uh, Greg Berhalter sees it, but... I mean, to come in, he had a, a couple saves on Chucky Lozano from outside and to save this penalty, put the team on essentially on the back, win the game for them, man of the match. Uh, what, are, what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, Juan Pablo, what are your thoughts on Ethan? Yeah, I mean, when he went in, Zach Steffen's weird um, injury. You know, he tweaked his knee in and he obviously felt something. And then uh, when he went in, I was, I was like, you, Mexico has to shoot. Mexico has to shoot on him. And and they did. Chucky, Chucky hit one cut in and he hit one and, and he stopped it and he was just ready for the game because um, he was playing he was playing the friendlies against Switzerland so it's not like he was out of rhythm completely and, and didn't didn't play at all but um, when the penalty happened I was like he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna throw himself to, to his right and it's just if Guardado shoots to his left or if he if he decides to, to cross it but and Guardado just didn't shoot it right um, he shot it like he did against Panama so it's a very predictable penalty um, if you study him you know where Guardado is going um, more or less, but yeah, I mean, credit to Ethan, um, you know, putting his heart ha- hands hard because it was just a one one arm save diving. That's not easy. Um, so it was strong, but yeah, I mean, Guardado, it's not his best penalty, but you know, it's not Guardado can take the next one, and no Mexico fan will be mad. But yeah, credit to Ethan because he did save save the U.S. and kept them in this game, and and ultimately gave them the championship. Yeah, and uh, G Man and Chat Ethan Horvath showed up for his home state. He is from Colorado, which is I think he grew up 15 minutes from from Denver, which is which is amazing, right? And his family and his stance and everything. Special moment for them. But what were your thoughts, Total Galaxy? Um, just overall, man, <laughs> you couldn't have scripted it better. Really, the backup goalkeeper 
as your team is, you know, struggling and they're trying to win against their biggest rivals, then you're the reason why they win, you know, penalty save uh, on Guardado that would have taken the game to penalties, essentially. And also, too, like you guys mentioned earlier, you know, Chucky Luzano had a shot where he cut inside the box. It was a really good shot. And then the Horvath just diving for it and, and saving that. I think that was at the 88, 88th minute, you know, if that got gone in, the game's basically over. So Ethan, man, really showed up. I, I really hope, you know, there's a lot more competition now um, for that number one spot, the U.S., because there's a lot of decent uh, U.S. goalkeepers, right? Like the three that come to mind for me are Stefan, are Horvath, and uh, Turner from uh, New England Revolution. He's been really great in MLS. So I just like to see that there's competition at this spot. And as Stefan knows, like, hey, you know, number one isn't secure for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I got to keep improving. I got to keep uh, playing better and just overall just uh more put in better performances for the national team yeah i think we might have lost uh juan pablo here but we'll keep it going and he throwing some shade imagine Ch- chicha stepping up in that moment laugh out laugh laugh <laughs> i would have sent it to the stand damn yeah, man he he, he's, not he's not a good penalty he's not a good penalty taker yeah no i mean it's clear i don't, I don't know if chicharito was there I, I, like i said i, I, I think he was on Sano. twitch i remember he posted something to him and julian harajo were, were playing warzone i think while the game was going on so i thought that was kind of funny yeah, no, I think that that was funny. I think another thing we should address, right? It's the fans, right? Uh, the the pushing, the shoving, and and everything that, uh, right? I think at this point, you know what to expect from the from the fans. Oh, we got Juan Pablo back. Sorry. Hey, man, did you forget to pay your Wi-Fi bill, or what happened? I just like, my my computer is old. It just crashed on me right now, but I'm back oh. up. I'm back up. <laughs> it's okay. No, you didn't you didn't miss much. You got to be like you got to be like me, man. I'm the only one, I guess, paying the Wi-Fi bill, and yeah. I, I have an issue. Total Galaxy had had that same issue. Hey, I um, paid it already, so I'm <laughs> he now. paid it. Yeah, he, he got it. But yeah, I, I think one one of the things too is is the fans. You know, it, it's it's seeing uh, what what would what what are you gonna do, right? Because they talk about the chant. Right? I don't I don't I don't know how the chant is gonna go away. Because I like that they're addressing it, but I don't. The only thing I don't like about it is they're not giving fans another word to say. And I think you, they're like, "Hey, you're addressing the problem, but you're not trying to fix it." Like instead of saying, "Don't say this," but we give you this, because if we know, if you sell, you tell someone, any human being, don't do something, they're going to do it, right? So I don't know. I think they need to come up with a better plan. I don't know what the plan is, but I think if you if you say if you say something like, "Hey, don't do this," ban the fan. If you're gonna ban the team or fifa is going to be so implemented on wanting to hurt mexico for a game or anything like that i think that's the wrong move to be honest with you i think they need to work with the fan bases what they are which they are doing but give the fans another word to say i, I they need to be creative somehow um you know another word to say i think that that's what that's what needs to be addressed now let, let, let's talk about let's talk about you know these players are, are imagine if these players were in the nba you know how much this would be all over sports center everything everything that was thrown at them but you know sports center the nba i don't think the nba players would, would be able to handle this when you know they're they're, they're arguing obviously I'm, no one wants to get popcorn or anything like that but these guys were getting full-on beers and cans and you know Gio Reyna got hit in the head uh i forgot who from the mexican side got also got henry hit, martin got henry hit. martin he's the, one yeah. that, he's the one that got hit and horvath is down the yellow for Hector Herrera. Knew this was coming. Well, the good news is Horvath appears to be okay. Herrera clattering into him on a ball that he really couldn't reach. (laughs) 
And I think that's why Herrera went with his cleats up to Ethan, and I think that's what start, started everything, right? Obviously, Herrera shouldn't, shouldn't have done that, but I think that I think we expected more of this, and I expected more of this to happen, right? And I think you even saw the ref get shoved there, right? You even I think the ref bounced him there, and I think he was surprised too of how much uh, you know how much hostility and everything was going to happen. But I think that was the crazy thing about this. I think. Like ten minute, a minute afterwards, like I think Weston McKinney is also after after this play. I think he sh- he shares his water bottle with I think with Salcedo or something like that. You know, you you know, the, there's that anim- animosity there. But then, like five minutes later, he's like, "Oh, you want some water? Here's some water." Which which I, I, it speaks about how chill Weston McKinney is, right? You know, like he's very aggressive when he needs to, but he also could be pretty chill. Um, but what are you guys' thoughts about fans throwing things on the field? Which we 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 know it's going to happen. I don't know how you change it, but. I, what 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 I think these are things you're going to expect, right? And I don't know how Concacaf is going to change those things. Yeah, like you said, um, it's just not going to change. I mean, in Argentina, they 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 throw pepper spray and Boca River matches oh, like yeah. they're crazy. I mean, European ultras aren't you know these you know respectable decent people as well. You know, uh, Shakhtar got relegated this season, and and the players got chased on the streets, you know, for for getting relegated. And, you know, you get death threats all the time, even at a club level, let alone the national team level. So it's just not going to stop. Um, I guess you just have to go play at stadiums with the, with um, borders or something so they can't, you know, touch the players. But it's just not going to stop um, with the Mexican word. Um, I mean, there's other words that Mexicans can use, um, but I just don't see it stopping because, I mean, Mexicans, it started between between Mexican clubs. So yeah. um, it didn't start, you know, at a Mexico-US game. It started, you know, within Mexico itself. I mean, it's obviously not the right word to use. There's obviously other derogatory words or, you know, not non-derogatory bad words that you can use. But um, yeah, I don't think it's going to stop. But I mean, FIFA's stopping the game obviously makes them makes them hush up and, and making Mexico lose points obviously makes them quiet. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's just part of the game too. The the, the they're fighting. I thought I liked it. I like to see them, you know, get in each other's faces, scream at each other, um, and may, gave gave both teams more personality, um, and and makes the Gold Cup final if they both make it even more exciting and, and anxious. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So the stream is down, guys. Get, if you're watching on YouTube, just give it, just give it a refresh button. I don't know what's going on. I just, I try, just try, just try to check it. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, uh, give it a refresh button. Um, Andy's coming in with the heat today. He says uh, Juan Pablo's Wi-Fi equals LAFC set piece defending. <laughs> uh, Logan Jones in the chat says maybe ban all the fans for saying that word. Yes, you can do that, but how are you going to find all the fans? You know what I'm saying? Like, how, how, exactly, how you... and who knows if it's uh, even Mexican fans, you know? Maybe it could be a fan from opposing team trying to stop the match. You know, any of these things are possible, you know? And, and just that whole word has just been engraved in, in the culture of Mexican football, if you think mm-hmm. about it, you know? Almost every Liga MX match that you'll watch, you, you'll hear it once, you know? And, and just also, too, just the throwing stuff on the field has kind of just been engraved in that in that culture. You know, I've watched so many Liga MX games where the fans just get at, started throwing tons of stuff. You know, I, I, I'm not going to, like, sit here and say, like, it, like I don't want to see it because I do a little bit to some degree. Not hit the players, but just, <laughs> that, but just, but just that passion, you know, that's what makes this rivalry so you good. You want to see. I don't know if the players I don't want, I didn't say I want them getting hit, but I just want, I want the fans – 
to maybe just toilet paper, keep this paper. Maybe toilet paper. So that toilet paper is fine. You know, Steamers, whatever. <laughs> I don't know we're gonna advocate that. I, I'm not advocating. I'm just Galaxy saying. I'm just saying. I like that the fans show, are making this rivalry <laughs> so intense, and they're just creating another aspect to it that you just love to watch. Because this game felt like a true rivalry game. Like you could no, tell these two teams 100%. just didn't want to let the other one win. And at the end of the day, it's good for soccer. It's good for CONCACAF. And it's just good for growth in America, really, you know, just having a rival that you want to take down every game and the fans being a part of that and just, you know, making you want to hate the other fan base even more. You know, it's it's, it's the whole dynamic of this intense rivalry that I personally think is the best rivalry in all of international football. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you. Uh, Knox says CONCACAF Gold Cup is the only real cup for teams to compete. Com- compete. I feel like Nations League should stick with only lower tier CONCACAF teams. I, I, I'm gonna go opposite on that. I'm gonna disagree. I, I want Nations League could be a step above Gold Cup if you bring in the Brazils, Argentinas, and all that. Um, I think, I think, and you, you can still have uh, CONCACAF teams, you know. But, uh, but, but, yeah, I think, I think Nations League should try to be above to try to achieve. We'll, we'll see if that mm-hmm. happens. Uh, looks like the the stream is back uh g-man stream is good and he says the feds can't stop us <laughs> <laughs> it says it was suspended for policy violation i don't know what violation oh maybe we had the the videos i think maybe the, the highlight videos i apologize maybe that that's why they brought it down i don't know we will give credit i'll make sure i give credit on on these videos that i was using i did not know uh we could um I was showing highlight videos, so we'll we'll see if they if they keep us on here. But um, but yeah, I, I, is there anything you guys want to address? Oh, let's let's talk about Chicharito, right? Um, Logan brought up brought up brought up a, a point here. He says, "Love how all Mexican fans saying that Chicharito would save us." I don't know if they're saying they would save. I don't know anybody said he would have definitely changed the match. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he completely changes he changes the match for sure. I, I mean, the way the what he what he's doing with Galaxy, you put him there with. with Tecatito and Chucky, it's a, it's a different ball game. He's in sure. good form right now, really good form. Sure, he didn't score in the last match, but still, he's dangerous yeah, nonetheless. Yeah, and I, let's, let's talk about that because I think I just texted with someone. Um, I just texted with someone that's really in the in the know. So, I think what what I heard uh, with Chicharito and 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 El Three and Tata Martino, I think there was some. I don't know if there was something said or something like that, but I this is this is what I've been told um, that. One of one of my contacts said is, is for multiple people that Tata is just not a fan of Chicharito, but I think a lot a lot is personality based. But what what specific reasons? Not sure. Some have have gone as far as saying that Chicharito brings a toxic environment to the national team. So that's 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 the word I I just got there because I texted someone that's really in the know with the Mexican national team. And right, if Tata Martino is not a fan of Chicharito. That that makes it a, a little bit more difficult. And we know they haven't spoken, right? But I think when you have a player that hasn't closed the door, like Carlos Vela has closed the door. Car- I don't think I don't see Carlos Vela coming to play for the national team. I do see Chicharito. What what do you got? To, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? On Tata Martino, but uh, uh, supposedly not being a fan of Chicharito. Um, I just think Chicharito has a different mentality than the rest of of the Mexican um, players. Um, he, in his interview with with uh, John Sotliff, you know, he he said. I can imaginarse cosas blank. Um, so he just has a different mentality. He's obviously been, he's the Mexican leading goal scorer. Um, he, I think he doesn't um, take a lot of things from people. And I think that's where Tata disapproves of because he's Argentinian. He has his personality. Um, and I guess if Chicharito just doesn't listen to him, maybe that's where the problems arise. I, it's just not a, it's not a soccer problem. It's definitely off the field because 
he's clear of, of Chicharito. He's also clear of Pulido. I mean, I don't know why you bring in Henry Martin when he's not, he wasn't informed this season. He hasn't been playing. And then Pulido has at least has been playing and he's been scoring. So he, he was the person you were supposed to bring on. But after this final, you know, there's there's like, okay, I guess Tata Martino has to be like, okay, um, it's only a month that you're going to be here. I guess I have to, you know, deal with you or you just don't talk to me as much. And, <laughs> and just, just do what you have to do on the field because Chicharito needs to be there. He has to have some respect, have pedigree. He has he He's earned his pedigree in the Mexican national team. And, you know, it liberates Tecatito and it liberates Chucky Lozano to be dangerous on the wings because Tecatito did damage against Yedlin, you know, and Chucky did his damage too. And those wing players just need to be liberated on the wings and not have to focus on, you know, having to slot in, in the nine spot sometimes. So Chicharito needs to be there. I mean, it's not like he just only scored two goals and it's like for Galaxies. He's been the leader. He scored, what, seven? Seven goals already this season. You know, nobody expected this. No, Nobody in the Mexican press expected this. And he's back. So he ultimately needs to get his shot. If it's in the Olympics or in the Gold Cup, I don't know. But he needs to he needs to be representing Mexico this summer in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Galaxy? Oh, man. I, I just... I, I understand because, you know, managers and players, you know, that whole dynamic of their relationship is completely different than how they perform on the pitch, right? You know, if Tata Martino just really wants to close the door on him, then I really don't think he'll come back, you know. At the end of the day, Tata Martino is going to have to be realized and just, I guess, humble himself, really be like, hey, you know, the players that I currently have at this position, you know, aren't the quality that I want. You know, they're not in form. They haven't played much this year, you know, and they're just not what I'm looking for in my play style. Chicharito, he with uh, Greg Vanny, right? Like, you know, he's been pressing a lot. You know, he's been holding up the ball as well at times, you know, getting creative, uh, dr- uh, dropping down a little bit into the midfield. And I feel like kind of that's what Mexico needs right now. You know, he's obviously dangerous and his game is predicated on him being dangerous in the box. It- it's just going to come to the point where Tata Martinez going to be like, hey, you know, I know me and you haven't gotten off to a really good start relationship wise, but we need you. The nation needs you, really. And just the fact is, you know, I, we got to put well, the the beef, I guess, or just the the not, we don't have the respect for each other there yet. But we just have to put that aside. And you know, we need you. You're you're informed. You're you're you've really transformed how you approach the game in the last year. You know, I feel like that's something that has to reconsider. You know, because this whole past year and a half has been so tough for Chicharito that not only has he changed his, you know, his um diet you know his workout routines but it's just changed you know his relationship with his family you know his grandfather passed away i remember him talking about that at the first match against inter miami you know like stuff has happened to him in the last year and, and a half you know mm-hmm. chicharito i know will be willing to take another opportunity with the national team especially after after last night's performance mexican fans probably calling for him back it, the cards are all set for tata martino to just really be like hey we need you back yeah, and I, I'm I'm with even even if you have a healthy Raul Jimenez, you need Chicharito. Even with that healthy Raul Jimenez, you could play what four four two, or you bring a Chicharito off the bench, right? I, Raul Jimenez is the number one starter. There, there's no question about that, right? But you you can't tell me that Chicharito, the what he's doing with the Galaxy and how he's turning up the MLS right now, which Tata coach with Atlanta United, if, if Tata Martino decides to close the door on Chicharito. This could be Tata Martino's alpha, downfall. If, if Chicharito keeps going, going in form and stuff like that, if he completely closes the door, I think it could be his downfall because 
outside of Raul Jimenez, uh, maybe Polido, but there's no other number nine. And you have if you have Chicharito does does what he does and continue to do in the season, then then we're gonna have to look at Tata Martino. Um, and he says it's wild how they dis- disrespect the leading goal scorer in Mexican history. If I was Chicha, I'd stay playing Twitch too. <laughs> and, and then G Man says, uh, G Man says it's because Tata plays Fortnite, uh, oh, Fortnite over COD, <laughs> Call of Duty. That that that's hilarious, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, man. And nevertheless, you know, props to the U.S. men's national team. They won it. They they took care. They took care of business. They were supposed to do, uh, you know, ugly game because of the fan because of the the refs, right? We didn't want to see that, but overall, instant classic is going to go down in history. Um, we're going to remember this game. But now three three weeks moving forward, we'll we'll see. You know what happens? If, you know, like we said, is Chicharito going to be a team? What happens with the U.S. men's national team? How are they going to look right in the Gold Cup? And and it's gonna it's gonna be exciting, you know. But with that said, uh, Total Galaxy, let the people know where they can follow you. Um, yeah, so just follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Total Galaxy. We'll for all the Galaxy fans that are watching, right? We post news, you know, rumors and stuff like that. Uh, extra content. I make videos for the page, you know, on YouTube and on Instagram TV. So if you guys want a lot of information on the Galaxy and just to be caught up with what's going around with the club and the players as well, uh, just follow us. Yeah, Juan Pablo, talk, let's talk about your article. I know you wrote an amazing article. Let the people know where they can read it. Yeah, so uh, Gio's given me the opportunity to write for the LA Soccer Hub um, and where I talk about the Galaxy and LAFC. So um, this weekend we put out uh, five th- five things LAFC needs to do um, this international break to, you know, get back to championship aspirations. Uh, worked hard on it this week. Uh, give it a good, give it a read and and support. So, yeah, I mean, you can follow me at JP underscore Marquez 20 on Twitter and on Instagram, JP.Marquez, uh, where I'll be more active now and, and we can start talking some football. Yeah, definitely, guys. Definitely read the article if you're an LAFC fan. He he really dove deep into there. Uh, funny, some of the feedback that that some of the people have been saying. He's they're like, yeah, number one, win. And I was like, well, clearly, yeah, you got it. You got to win. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, yeah, they they clearly got to win. But I, I mean, I think that's a little too obvious to just write there, right? But we, I mean, Juan Pablo really dove deep, and you know, the five things there. Obviously, you know, great job by him. So check out LASoccerHub.com uh, on there in the LAFC tab. Um, and he says, good stuff tonight, fellas. Keep it up, Alex and NDP. Um, G-Man says, Alex and JSP, closest be- besties now. <laughs> <laughs> so all of a sudden, you guys became friends. But with that, guys, if you guys want to follow me, you guys can follow me at Gio Garcia LA. Um, if you guys are listening, you know, on the pod, definitely tune in. I think we're only going to do maybe one pod uh, this week. Obviously, we have no LFC, no LA Galaxy. Uh, games going on this week. Galaxy do have a press call on Wednesday in Sega Kubli, I believe is that, that's Kulabali. Kulabali, there we go. Thank you for correcting me. It's going to be available uh, for the press on Wednesday. So more Frenchman with the Galaxy. Yeah, yep. So that's his, his press call. So we'll have that on Wednesday. But for for, for Total Galaxy for Home Pablo, this is Gio, guys. We'll catch you guys. We'll catch you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.